From Entrepreneur Media, this is Problem Solvers, a show in which entrepreneurs do what entrepreneurs do best, solve unexpected problems in their business. We were completely wrong. And I'm just like, it's not selling. It was like, we have to start from scratch. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. Entrepreneurs are bold people. They take on giant challenges. And sometimes those giant challenges are like, amazing and you think, wow, nobody thought of that before. And then other times people take on challenges and you're like, ah, are you sure about that? Because that sounds crazy. And sometimes it is crazy. Sometimes people are just crazy, but sometimes it's not crazy. Sometimes when you talk to these people, you see that they have thought through this in a way that nobody else has, that they are identifying something that other people maybe were too afraid to even contemplate. and that maybe they're onto something. And that's why I wanted to talk to this guy. My name is Sridhar Ramaswamy. I am uh, the CEO of a search company called Neva. A search company, which is to say a search engine. He is building a search engine. And you know what? He is not unaware that search is kind of dominated by one big company because he worked at it. Long-time Googler, worked there for over 15 years before leaving in 2018. Yeah, Sridhar worked at Google and was very senior, and he was there for 15 years, and now is launching a search engine. And he is not a crazy person. He is an extremely successful person. He's also a part-time venture partner at Greylock, so a very successful person who invests in and supports other entrepreneurs. And he has an idea for a search engine that he feels like is needed in the marketplace. Is it a Google competitor, so to speak, going up against Google? Well, yes and no, not exactly. I mean, it is also a search company, but it's approaching things in a totally different way. And the reason why I wanted to talk to Sridhar was to understand that, because I had read about this, this other search company that this former Googler was developing. And I thought, what is going on there? And maybe there's something really valuable to learn about how somebody identifies opportunity where nobody else does, where you look at a marketplace and most people think, well, that is dominated by one giant player and it's not even worth trying. And then somebody else says, no, 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 there is something missing here and I am going to build it. So on this episode of Problem Solvers, that is what we are digging into. It is a conversation with Sridhar about how to build what seems like a kind of impossible thing to build, but that by the end of this conversation, you might be convinced otherwise. All coming up after the break. AT&T Business manages your network. And today, as business relies on fast digital connections, managing your network is even more important than ever. What does it mean to have a trusted provider managing your network? Let's say your staff needs remote access to client data. AT&T Business gives you enterprise-grade mobility solutions that connect you to your most important data when you're on the move, no matter the size of your company. And fiber connectivity from AT&T Business empowers your business's network solutions with reliable, symmetrical connections. That's a huge deal because although you'll hear many carriers claim to offer fast 
download speeds, they have slow upload speeds. And you cannot run a business with slow uploading. Upload matters for today's data-intensive sharing, whether you're passing over that large client file or building an ARVR experience. To learn more about how AT&T Business can help keep your business going, visit att.com slash solvers. Limited availability, available in select areas only. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. All right, we are back. So today I'm talking with Sridhar Ramaswamy, the co-founder and CEO of Neva. And let me just give you a little bit more about what Neva is, because I've said search engine, search company. What are we talking about here? So Neva likes to use this description. It describes itself as ad-free private search and also customizable, which we'll get to later. But ad-free and private, what are we talking about here? Well, we are actually talking about a search engine that has absolutely no ads, zero ads. And of course, the way to make that economically work is that you have to pay for it. So users are subscribing to a ad-free search engine that can be a lot more customizable than a Google, for example. And what are you paying for this? Well, I'm looking at Neva's website right now, and here's the offer three months for free. And then after that, you get this early adopter rate, which is $4.95 a month. So that's what we're talking about. Basically, would you pay $5 a month for a search engine that is customizable, ad-free, and also, I should add, not collecting and then selling your data? So it will use data that you give it only to help you find more personalized results, but it's not collecting data the way that, for example, a Google or Facebook does. So, all right, that's the product. It is taken very seriously in the tech world because Sridhar is a very serious player in the tech world. And now let's talk about where this came from and how he decided that it was time to launch a search engine and find new opportunity in what seems like an impossible space. At what point did you realize, wait, I think that there's a competitive opportunity here or or something is being left open in the marketplace right now. Can you take me to that realization? Yeah, I would, at least in my head, separate out the act of leaving Google from what I wanted to do after. You know, I joined Google as an individual contributor, as it were. I liked writing code and being left alone. I used to tell people early on, like sit at one place, and that was great. And then gradually took on managing more and more teams. Started running most of search ads around 2007. The team sort of kept growing. And fast forward to 2017, I'm running a very large team, over 10,000 people, a very large business. And a part of me also said, I've been here for a very long time. I wanted to try something new. In a weird way, I was afraid that I would retire at Google. And a part of me said, like, hey, we have to, I have to try more things I owe to myself. That was one. And then the second part, as things like the ads ecosystem, certainly Google's part in it got bigger and bigger. I had misgivings about things like how much tracking that that entailed. Most of us don't realize that the two large companies in the advertising space, Google and Facebook, have built uh, what I think of as like the two largest like behavioral tracking networks like ever in humanity's history. So there was a part of me that was uncomfortable with that. And it was really a combination of these that made me say, Time to leave, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I had thought of a number of different ideas, nothing very seriously, but mostly because when you're in a busy job, as you know, it's hard for you to think fresh about what 
can be. So that took a few months afterwards, lots of discussions with both my new partners at Greylock and also who I used to work with for a very long time at Google. And so Neva in some ways was a result of those conversations that happened soon after I left Google. We considered a number of ideas and I can walk you through like a little bit of, hey, how did, I, how did we think about this? But Neva was really a result of those conversations. Yeah, I'd be interested in hearing that because I suppose the very first binary decision you could make is, are you going to try to build something in the space that you just operated in or something completely different? So wh why did you even make the decision to compete in the search space? So I batted around a number of ideas. While they're clearly Google and Google Ads and Google Search were successful in many areas, there were also a lot of things that Google tried we were not successful at. And you learn from each and every one of them. I ran the shopping on the Shopping Express team for many years and can assure you that's not for the faint of heart. It's just, it's just hard. And as we were thinking about ideas, this is general advice that I offer to any person that wants to you know, start a company, which is you need to identify a core need. You need to make sure that you have a new insight, a wedge, as it were, for why you. And the third thing that in my mind is a really key ingredient is you have to care. You have to be really passionate about this. Doing a startup is incredibly hard. And it's one of those things where someone saying those words to you doesn't really make you understand because living through it is like a different story. To give you like a concrete example, you know, I worked like five to nine on many days, like 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. And you got to care about what you do if you want to work those kinds of hours. So we tied it on with a number of different ideas. And search was a problem that we were passionate about. I worked on various aspects of search ads, but certainly things like travel and shopping, comparison ads, lots of different things that you can think of as being organic. We love the problem. Vivek had, had worked in search ads, but he was also the first one of the first tech leads for what's now called the Google Assistant. That core problem of helping people find information was something that we were absolutely passionate about. We could look at each other and say, hey, do we want to spend five, 10 years doing this? And the answer is yes, we care enough. And, uh, you know, tossing ideas around, we also felt that the ads model, which made Google so successful, the search ads model, you get a free product, you run a search, you get to see a bunch of ads. And if you don't like it, you can sort of scroll past, was one that just came with infinite pressure to show more and more ads. It's sort of how things work. You want to make more money? There's always a temptation. One more line, one more pixel height worth of stuff. It's an extraordinarily thoughtful team. I was uh, very much a part of it, but that pressure is very strong. And so we also felt that the environment was changing. We kind of accepted this bargain with free services where use free services. They got a whole bunch of our data. And I think more and more people are coming to the realization that this is a very uneven kind of bargain. All of that led to us conceiving Neva the way it is, which is as at one level, descriptively, it's ads-free private search. But more to the point of why does it matter to you, we think we can create a safer, a faster, a better product for you if we started with a different set of principles. One of the things that Larry, Google's founder and longtime CEO, hammered into my head is never, ever aspire to be somebody successful. You need your own principles to succeed. And so part of it was we wanted to conceive of a very different product that ran on different principles. And Neva is organized as that. And for what it's worth, I don't think of Neva as sort of directly competing with Google as much as giving an alternate take on a really interesting problem and basically betting that there are a sufficient number of people that care enough about this 
to want to actually pay us for a service. In return, what they get is a simple service that serves you, no questions asked. It's not trying to optimize for everybody. Do you think it's a fool's errand for someone to say, I can build just a simply better version of something that is very large and that people use? Or is it, it is a fool's errand to say, I can build a better Google. I can build a better Amazon. I can build a better Facebook and just try to go straight at the core services of that business and that what you're doing, even though, of course, the conversations that you must have every day with people like me are related to Google, you're not thinking of it as a Google competitor. You're thinking of it as a completely different product within the realm of search. That's right. It's in the same area, but the product very quickly diverges because fundamentally, you're motivated differently. The entirety of my team is about what do I show Jason for this query? That's absolutely the best answer. It lets us imagine things that an ad-based search engine just will not. To give you like a very simple example, if you look for headphones in any commercial search engine, what does that engine leap up to do? Leaps up to show you places where you can buy headphones. Like that's the goal, implicitly. You know, you try a query like that at Neva, honestly, you're indifferent about whether you want to go to a retailer or whether you just want to learn more about headphones. You're like, oh, you want Jason wants review sites? No problem. So it lets us just imagine the experience that you're going to have very, very different. It's that. It's that freedom of product that I think makes this a different problem. And as I said, I think of us much more as a complement, a different take on an important problem rather than us going head to head, which I'm the first person to say, that's absurd. Can you speak to that a little more philosophically? I mean, if you're advising entrepreneurs who maybe have some idea in a space that's dominated by a large competitor, the line never aspire to be someone's successor is... is to be somebody successful for what it's worth. That's what Larry used to say. Never aspire to be somebody that is... Never aspire to be exactly somebody that is successful. In other words, don't just copy someone else's business model, someone else's product, and hope things are going to be wildly different for you for all the reasons that you mentioned, which is it's hard to get to that point. And that company that is like that product is not going to sit still. It is moving. And so it's important to have that angle for why you're different. You know, there's an old adage here, which is faster, better, cheaper, like which of it. Got it. Thank you. So what's your advice to entrepreneurs who have an idea, have some way in which they feel like something could be made better, Have see some, some white space, but they're not inventing a whole new category. They're in an existing market and there's a lot of competition. How do you, how do you identify what is enough white space? What is enough of a new idea to own that it feels distinct and worth investing in? Yeah, I would go back to basics on that one, which is it's a strong need and a way for you to like and a wedge, something that makes somebody want to even consider you. It's true. People make snap judgments about whether something is worthwhile to consider or not. And so the need needs to be clear and the entry, as it were, the wedge also needs to be exceptionally clear. And you see a lot of entrepreneurs, and I have to catch myself and I tell my team this, they will say, if we were to be successful, look at this amazing thing that we can do. But it's that like, it's that if that does not usually work out. And so the need and the wedge, I would say, are the key things. Sorry to interrupt, but... 
Neva may be an ad-free environment, but this podcast is not, and we have to take a short break to hear from a word from our sponsor. But when we come back, we get even more philosophical about finding opportunity in crowded and maybe to some entrepreneurs, terrifying, and to other entrepreneurs, very exciting spaces. Are you ready to take your business to the next level and looking for that push, that guidance, that inspiration to help get you there? Well, then what you need is Entrepreneur Insider. Entrepreneur Insider is a membership-based program created by the editors of Entrepreneur Magazine and Entrepreneur.com. It provides insights and advice from industry experts, along with exclusive benefits like access to premium online articles, videos, webinars, a weekly newsletter, and an ad-free experience on Entrepreneur.com. Plus, you get a free one-year subscription to Entrepreneur Magazine. Don't miss out. Become an Entrepreneur Insider for just $5 per month today and start Start boosting your business knowledge and growing your brand. Visit entrepreneur.com slash insider to unlock your access today. Again, that is entrepreneur.com slash insider. All right, we are back. So in this final part of the interview, I really wanted Sridhar to speak to how to identify these opportunities and put some logic behind how to compete in such a crowded space. Like if you are to go up against a giant competitor, how do you even start to think about that? Anyway, here's the final part of our conversation. I mean, I know at least part of what your answer is going to be here, because obviously if you didn't believe that success is possible in in a space that's dominated by a major player, you wouldn't be trying this at all. But I'm going to ask it so that I can hear a kind of fuller, more philosophical answer from you, which is, you know, we have a tendency culturally, I think, to see a dominant player in anything and say, well, they have they have locked in their success forever, right? Like Walmart can never be challenged. There will never be a larger retailer than Walmart. It's literally impossible at this point to defeat Walmart. And of course, history would tell you otherwise. I mean, right, Walmart is here because Sears fell and Sears was there because Atlantic and Pacific fell. And like these stories, there is a cycle to everything. But the narrative that we have culturally is once dominant, always dominant. And I wonder, and we don't have to go there, but I'll just say it. I, I wonder if some of the antitrust fear is is over a belief that once a company becomes a certain size, it is simply impossible to compete against forever. And I wonder what you say to that and how you think smaller players can enter an ecosystem and challenge a larger player and what that even means. Does it, does it mean ever being able to out-innovate the larger player to the point where at some point they, they shrink in their size and market dominance? Or is it just that we're looking at what an ecosystem is all wrong? Yeah, a lot of complicated questions to unpack in there. I think the thing to remember about size and dominance is that the things that make you good at what you do, and we can look at the specific examples that that you're talking about, those very strengths can in fact become weaknesses because those strengths are usually accompanied by things like loss aversion. No company that makes a lot of money is going to say, oh, this other thing might in fact be the future. I have to take my current revenue down a lot because I think I'll end up at a better place in the future. So a lot of success turns becomes much more about avoiding failure 
than really about succeeding. And the examples are many. Part of the difficulty with uh, a company like Walmart, believe it or not, is they make decent margin in their stores. They don't have to pay for you driving up to the store, figuring out exactly what product you want, putting it into your shopping cart and taking it to your car. And so they actually have decent margin. Amazon looks at something like that and says, you know, it's fine. We'll operate at a lower margin for a very long time. So that's an example of something just harder for a Walmart to do. Similarly, closer to home with something like search and search ads, for example, it's sort of hard for Google to say, ah, no, forget, forget ads revenue. We'll create a better product. And we think that there'll be enough subscribers that it'll be more than worth it. I mean, think about the numbers. These are astronomical. Google makes like $40 billion on search just in the United States. That's a head tax of $120 a living person. And all of a sudden, it's not that easy. And even internally, I've been in situations, for example, like Philip and I, famously, Philip was the head of sales at, at Google, and I made this decision where we changed off the entire business model of the shopping property. We said it was going to be all paid. The experience was very confused, but it took an enormous amount of effort to actually make that go forward. And as you get larger and more successful, your ability to do those pivots sort of keeps, keeps sort of going down. So success is great, but I think it's important to remember that success often comes with these disadvantages with respect to how quickly can you change. And we can then talk about things like Microsoft and Windows and why did Android succeed? And there's a similar story. Windows is a franchise. It's like one of the most amazing franchises on the planet, like ever. It's hard for them to imagine a situation in which no money from operating systems. That's fine. It's just hard for Microsoft to think that. So I think that is one important principle, which is, how do you conceive of something in a way that has advantages that are not easily copied? Of course, a progressive company can copy it, and that's part of the risk of part of the risk of a startup. But I sort of go back to kind of like this need and your wedge, which is what is the strong need that your users, your customers are going to feel? And what is the differentiation that ideally is not as easily copyable, at least not quickly, to give you enough of a runway? to at least get some success, and then success begins to build on itself. To take the idea that large companies' success is also where they're locked into and therefore where they can't pivot out of. So the advice to pull from that, I suppose, is look, if you want to understand how to grow in an ecosystem that seems kind of dominated, what you do is figure out what your competitor is really, really good at, and then don't bother with that and figure out where they can't go because they're locked in. So there's that. There are platform transformations that are hard for companies, again, simply because of their size to adapt to. As you know, some big companies, Google, Facebook actually included, made the transition successfully from desktop to mobile. But in some ways, Microsoft sort of missed that transition. That's a fairly common thing. And so every big change in sort of the the system that surrounds us, whether it is society or technology, brings with it its own opportunity. It could be 5G, where all of a sudden, every device is constantly connected to every other device. And therefore, you can imagine software that you cannot really imagine today. So all of these transitions also offers opportunities to think at what can be, ideally in a way that some existing very large company is not going to, or at least not for some time. And that basically gives yourself, gives yourself enough time to go build a, a business. And of course, there's a lot of uncertainty in a startup. And I'll be the first person to say, like many of my close friends who are enormously successful executives told me like, you're stupid for starting a company. It's really hard. There's so much uncertainty. And a part of me was, I care enough about the problem to want to do this. 
And that's it. Thanks again to Sridhar for speaking to me about Neva and these big, big ideas about competition. If you want to check out Neva, it is at N-E-E-V-A dot com. And that's our episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Problem Solvers wherever you get your podcasts. We come out with a new episode every Monday morning and you don't want to miss it. And hey, be kind. Pass the show along to an entrepreneur friend who could use a boost. And did you solve a problem that would be good for this show? Let me know about it. Visit my website, jasonpfeiffer.com, J-A-S-O-N-F-E-I-F-E-R.com, where you can find my contact information and all sorts of other valuable info. Problem Solvers is a production of Entrepreneur Media. Be sure to visit entrepreneur.com for all all your entrepreneurship needs and even better subscribe to our magazine which is just full of the smartest entrepreneurs solving the toughest problems my name is jason pfeiffer the editor-in-chief of entrepreneur magazine thanks for listening and hey let's go solve some problems